Amen. Check it out. It was the largest and most major German defensive of all of World War II, and it was the bloodiest battle fought by the United States in all of this war. The Germans attempted to push the Allied forces back from German territory. Listen, with 450,000 German troops, along with 1,500 tanks, tank destroyers, assault guns, over 4,000 artillery pieces, and at first, the Germans were overwhelmingly successful. But with the combined forces of the six Allied armies, it began to take its toll. General Dwight Eisenhower had at his disposal, listen, 48 divisions distributed over a 600-mile front, and General George S. Patton successfully maneuvered the 3rd Army to neutralize the German counter-defensive. Then to make matters worse, the Germans ran out of fuel, and the military losses began to mount, and that's when, listen, Adolf Hitler ordered all able-bodied men between the ages of 16 and 60 to defend their homeland. But the damage was already done. Uh, the German Air Force had been totally shattered. Their last reserves were now gone. So the Germans were forced to retreat and face the inevitable. The Allies were taking over Germany. And when the smoke had cleared and the bombs had dropped, the Allies had lost nearly 100,000 men. The Germans, 125,000 men. In fact, it was the costliest action ever fought by the U.S. Army alone. The date was December 16, 1944 through January 16, 1945. And the battle was the Battle of the... Bulge. Hey, we got a history buff. Give it up for Pastor Tom over there. Yeah, somebody actually got that one right. But how many guys have heard of the Battle of Bulge before? All two of you, praise God, History Channel buffs. And uh, no, a couple of us have. And again, how many guys, with all due respect, would say that was, battle was a pretty rough time there? 100,000 win, bang! 125 of the over here, boom, okay? And again, with all due respect to those who gave their lives at the Battle of the Bulge, what if I were to tell you I know of a battle that makes the Battle of the Bulge look like a backyard scuffle? Okay, and what if I were to tell you that this battle didn't occur in just one place in one country at one time, but it's going on right now, today, all over the world, and it's been leaving a trail of death and destruction for centuries. Folks, we are talking again about the satanic war on the Christian. And folks, the facts of this, we Christians, we don't battle here once in a while. Are you kidding me? We battle, we go to war every single day. Whether you see it, feel it, believe it or not, the moment you got saved, guess what? Like it, lump it, or leave it. You entered into a spiritual war against a demonic host whose sole purpose is to destroy you and extinguish your effectiveness for Jesus Christ, okay? So in order for you and I to stop getting beat up and duped all over the place as Christians in this satanic war on the Christian, we're going to continue on our study. Now, if you were here the last couple times, we already saw that if you're going to win the war, what's the first thing you need to do? What's the battle tactic? You need to know who your enemy is, right? That's common sense, okay? And so far we've seen that enemy is none other than Satan. And last time it was also who? His evil cohorts, the demons. They really do exist contrary to the lie of secular psychology. Remember that? And that was the problem. One of the many problems getting people to be uh, skeptics today of demon activity. We've been brainwashed by these false teachers, secular psychology, to not believe in literal demons. No, no, no. Don't you guys understand? That was just back in those biblical times, if it even really happened anyway. We're much more too sophisticated for that kind of thinking today. No, 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 no. Don't you realize that's just a figment of your imagination? No, no. It's it's just a mental aberration. That's all that weird behavior in that person. What? No, 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 no. It was that little kid in the restaurant, remember? Messing with his cell phone. No, that vacuum cleaner. <laughs> On the second floor, remember? That's all it was, John. Don't need to get all freaked out about it. Between the lie of secular psychology and because of our media downplaying it, acting like demon and demon possession doesn't exist, people even in the church are scoffing about it. It's crazy when it goes on every single day, okay? The biblical proof, the societal proof screamed out to us, are you kidding? Why do you think the world is so messed up? It ain't just because, hey, the governments aren't doing a good job. Who do you think's behind the governments? 
pulling the strings, folks. We are in a spiritual war. It's time to open our eyes, get our head out of the sand, and deal with the reality we have an enemy to deal with every day. Okay? But the second thing we need to deal with, we need to not just know who our enemy is, okay? We need to know what our enemy is like. And that's what we're going to take a look at, Lord willing, in the next couple of weeks. And we're going to take a look at the character of our enemy. Not just the existence of our enemy, the character of our enemy. And of course, that first one that we got to deal with, his name is Satan, okay? And folks, it ain't just me, but I, after reading the Bible, kind of come to the conclusion that Satan's character, mm, it's not a good one. Can we agree on that one? Okay, he is evil. He is rotten, deceptive to the core. He is out to kill people, even us, if he could. Okay, but again, as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Okay, as we take a look at that, Revelation chapter twelve, Revelation chapter twelve, verses one through nine. Okay, as we take a look, and this is just one passage dealing with the character of Satan and whom we have to deal with. Okay, Revelation twelve. If you find the dictionary, what do you do? Take a left. Hey, take a left. Let's go ahead and stand as we get ready to read verses 1 through 9. And this passage, we're going to be given different uh, characteristics of this one entity, this evil entity who is real, that we really have to deal with called Satan. Let's take a look there. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. It says this, Now a, a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman, okay, clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and the crown of 12 stars on her head. Well, who's that? Well, that's a direct citation of Genesis chapter 37, and you're dealing with Israel, the 12 tribes, the 12 stars. That's what that is quoting here in the text. So Israel, all right? She was pregnant and cried out in pain. She was about to give birth to who? Jesus, the Messiah. We'll see that in the context in a second. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous what? Red dragon, defined by the text as Satan. We'll get to that in just a second. With seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a what? A third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. That's what we saw last week. You were here. A third of the angels rebelled with Satan. That's where we get that from, from that text there. The dragon, Satan, fought with the woman, Israel, who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child. Did Satan try to kill Jesus when he was born? Yeah, he went after the babies. You remember that? Uh, with Herod, right? And the moment it was born, she gave birth, though, to a son, Jesus, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. When does that happen? At the end of the seven-year tribulation, when he comes back uh, at his second coming. And her child, Jesus, the Messiah, was snatched up to God and to his throne. So after Jesus raised from the dead, the resurrection, what happened? The ascension. Acts chapter 1, we see that, okay, in Matthew 28. Then the woman, Israel, fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where he, she might be taken care of for what? 1,260 days. What's that? That's the second half of the seven-year tribulation. Now, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels, the good angels, fought against the dragon, Satan, and the dragon and his angels, i.e. the demons, fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon... Well, Pastor Billy, who do you think you are? This whole time you've been sitting here telling us that the dragon is Satan. How do you know the dragon is Satan? Uh, keep reading. <laughs> the text defines for it. You don't need to pray and fast and get a word from God, so to speak. Go to that prayer uh, conference and the fasting conference with meals included either, Bobby. Okay, just keep reading the Bible. The Bible defines it for us right here. The great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who what? Who leads the whole world, not just part of the world, the whole world astray. And he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. You may be deceited. Be uh, uh, seed him and or something. One of these things. And uh, 
But as you guys can see, Satan is the loser, obviously. He's cast out, cast down. He's the big loser, not us. But according to our text, how many guys would say, just this one passage alone, you kind of get the connotation that Satan is what? He is kind of a bad character, right? Uh, rotten, evil, okay? And uh, I think that's an easy conclusion to come to, okay? And he's not only called in this one passage alone. Listen, just one passage, okay? The great dragon, okay? The ancient serpent, the devil, Satan. Listen, the one who leads the whole world astray. But what do we see in the context there? He even wanted to kill Jesus, the actual Messiah, and he wants to, even to this day, annihilate Israel. How many guys would say that's kind of a bad dude? Okay, not a good character, okay, but this is the problem. People today, even in the church, are not only denying his existence today, including the demons, the third that we just saw in this passage that rebelled with him against God, okay, but because they're denying his existence, guess what? They never get around to understanding his character. They don't even know what they're up against because they don't believe he exists, and because they don't believe he exists, they don't go to step two. Well, what's he like? What am I up against? What's this war about? Who do I have to confront every day? They never get to understand his evil character, so they don't know what they're up against. And folks, again, it's common sense. If you're going to win a war, you not only need to know who your enemy is, you need to know what your enemy is like, right? It's just common sense. And so that's what we're going to do, Lord willing, over the next two weeks, so we don't get blindsided by this evil character called Satan. Now, the first source of truth that we're going to look at that's going to give us uh, the character of Satan is, once again, let's go back to where we should go, the biblical proof. And believe it or not, folks, this passage, Revelation 12, is not the only one. <laughs> it's one of many, many passages, Old and New Testament, that reveal Satan's character over and over and over again. Why? Because you guys know it's all just a scare tactic. It's just what preachers use to scare people to rip off their cash, right? And freak them out, make them do stuff. No, no God put it in his word for what? For our benefit. So we know what we're up against. Uh, over and over again, Old Testament, New Testament, God gives us great, massive detail about this real-life evil character called Satan in whom we have to deal with. But let's take a look at what the Bible says about this character called Satan in whom we have to deal with every day. Is he really evil? Yeah. First of all, he's called the accuser, which means he opposes believers before God. Okay, Revelation chapter 12. He's the adversary. He's a rival opponent in a cakewalk as we walk around this easy cake life no, a conflict. Hello, Job chapter 1. He's called an angel of light. He disguises himself as that. Appears as good when he's really evil. 2 Corinthians 11. The word that's used there, it's metamorphosized. He metamorphosizes himself as something good when he is just flat out evil. Beelzebub. He's the lord of the flies or dung. Matthew chapter 12. He is Belial. He's, in other words, worthless. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He's the deceiver. He leads people away from the truth and into error. Revelation chapter 12. He is the devil, Diabolos, one who slanders, falsely accuses. Matthew chapter 4. He is an enemy, okay, and a hostile opponent. Matthew 13, 1 Peter 5a. He is the evil one, intrinsically evil. Notice the word there, paneros. That's the Greek word. Now, I got to take a break here because we've talked about this before many times on our Wednesday night studies, but let me share with you why the Bible uses this Greek word. There's two Greek words for the one English word evil, right? There's kakos and there's paneros. Paneros is used of the devil. Now, let me explain the difference between those two words, okay? They both mean evil, but one's really, really bad, 
Okay, Kakos is basically this scenario. Somebody goes into a 7-Eleven, they go up, they rob the 7-Eleven at gunpoint with the cashier. There's other customers in the store there while the robbery's taking place. But as soon as he pulls out the gun to the cash register guy, the cops completely surround the 7-Eleven. I mean completely, with all their cars. There is no way of escape. All the way around, a complete circle of cop cars. They call on the bullhorn, hey, give it up. You're completely surrounded. There's no way of escape. So what's the guy do? Puts the gun down, walks out, hands behind his back, they arrest him. That's Kakos. That's evil. It was the evil thing to do, right? Poneros is this, and this is what's used of the devil. Exact same scenario. Guy goes up into a 7-Eleven, holds up at the gunpoint. People in the store, cashier guy, as soon as he pulls out the gun, here comes the cop, completely surrounds the place, whips out the bullhorn, hey, give it up. You're completely surrounded. There's no way of escape. You know what this guy does? He's not Kakos. He's Poneros. He shoots the cash register guy in the head. He goes and starts getting as many people in that store, killing them, shooting them as fast as he can before the police come in and take him out. That's the word that's used of Satan. Satan knows that he is doomed. He is lost. He's the loser, not us. He is going into the lake of fire, but he's so stinking evil. He's not just Kakos. He's Poneros. He's seeing how many people he could take down with him into the lake of fire. That's what the Bible means by evil one in whom we have to deal with. Okay, but he's also called the God little g of this world. He controls the philosophy of this world, 2 Corinthians 4. The great red dragon, a destructive creature, Revelation chapter 12. A liar, he perverts the truth. He's even the father of lies, John chapter 8. A murderer, he leads people into physical and eternal death, meaning the second death going into the lake of fire, John chapter 8. He is the power behind this dark world, the creator of the dark activity we gotta deal with, Ephesians chapter 6. The prince of devils, the commander of demons, Matthew chapter 12. The prince of the power of the air, the ruler in the demonic realm, Ephesians chapter 2. The prince of this world, again, the authority behind our wicked world system, John 12. He is a roaring lion, a vicious animal seeking people whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5. He's the ruler of this world, the chief leader behind, again, this wicked world system, John 12. He is Satan, Santanus, incites people to sin and turn away from God, Matthew chapter 4. He is the serpent, a crafty deceiver. We saw that in the very beginning, who caused the fall of mankind, Genesis 3, also 2 Corinthians 11, 3. He's the serpent of old. He's the original guy that started this whole mess, right? Uh, Revelation chapter 12. He's the spirit of those who are disobedient. He gets people to oppose God's will. Ephesians chapter 2. He is the tempter, one who solicits people to sin. Matthew 4, 3. And flat out, guess what? He is the wicked one. Not just wicked. He is the wicked one who is evilly corrupt, morally wrong. He is just a one guy you don't want to mess with. Anybody come to that conclusion? Okay, Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible tells us what we are up against, and this entity called Satan, the devil, the wicked one, he really does exist, and his character is really evil and rotten to the core. Okay, and again, that's just 25 descriptions of his character in the scripture, and that's not all of them. Okay, but I think we can agree that Old Testament, New Testament, from the beginning to end, God reveals the character of Satan just to freak us out. No. Why did God go to such great detail to tell us not only of his existence, but tell us in minute detail how evil and rotten this guy really is? So we're not caught off guard. So we know who we're up against. And we know that, listen, this isn't just some bad dude, to use the vernacular. This is evil incarnate. This is the wicked one. He is a liar. He is a murderer. He is the one behind this wicked world system. He is the one deceiving people straight into the lake of fire. He is evil. He is rotten. So guess what? I better take this serious. I mean, this isn't just... This is serious. Why do you think God went through all the trouble to give us so many pieces of his character because God loves us 
And he wants us to know not just that we're in a war. He wants us to know, oh, there's an enemy out there really to get you. He wants us to know what our enemy is like. So we're not blindsided when, not if, he comes after us. This is evil. We need to take this serious. Now, that's just the biblical proof. The second source showing us the character of Satan is the societal proof. Okay, the societal proof. And again, once again, this is a common sense question, but let me pose it anyway. If Satan is real and really rotten to the core, as the Bible clearly shows all over the place, we just saw a bunch of it there, Old and New Testament, and he hasn't been destroyed yet, he hasn't been thrown into like a fire that doesn't happen until the end of the millennial kingdom, then how many guys would say that he's not just probably here on the planet, but he's probably here on the planet messing things up, spreading his evil, rotten character? I think that's common sense, okay? And that's exactly what we see when you look around in our society, right? Can't blame it all on the devil, right? But man, give me a break. Who do you think's behind this wicked world system? Satan is not just real. He really is right now as we sit here permeating his evil, rotten, horrible character across our planet. Listen, listen, getting people to emulate him, look like him, act like him, think like him as much as he can. With what time he has left. He's ponderous. That's how evil he is, okay? Now, there's a multitude of ways that he's doing that today. I only have time to deal with one of them, okay? With one of them, and that is with the picture that I just showed a little bit ago, the media. The media, okay? Yeah. Have you guys noticed? We were just talking about this just a little bit ago. Uh, the, the media. Have you noticed that people today, it's like, man, are you serious? You really believe that? You really think that? You really act like that? Even in a political realm. It's like, what, what planet are you from? What school did you go to? What, what's going on with people? Well, who do you think's blinding their mind? The media. This is just, just, just crazy. But folks, how do you think they even got into that state? How do you think they got into that mindset? Who do you think was there prepping them for the whole last generation to think these kind of obtuse? What? I'm telling you, folks, it's a spiritual battle that we're in. Now, here's why. Because as we saw last week, if you were here, Satan's fall, Isaiah 14. Remember that passage? Satan wanted to be God. Satan wanted to be worshipped as God, right? But he lost because, hello, the position's not open, okay? Uh, but then he, he stopped right there. No, that's when he went after us. He went after mankind, Genesis chapter 3. He hates us. He hates mankind because we are created in the image of God, and that's what Satan lost out on. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be worshipped to God. He wanted us to emulate his evil character, not the character of God. Well, guess what? He's still doing the same evil, rotten deed today. And I'm telling you, folks, he is using the power of mass media to get the job done, to get people, listen, even Christians, to think like him, act like him, speak like him, emulate his character in these last days. It says there that he deceives the whole world. Well, what tool can you think of that somebody could deceive the whole world in one quick shot? Media. And he is behind that, folks. And now, here's the way he's doing it, okay? And uh, it's this way. There's three ways we're going to look at. The first way, he's bombarding us with devilish behavior with the media, okay? How does he get people to act like him? Over and over and over and over and over again with the media sources. It could be TV, could be the internet, could be the computer, could be tablets and cell phones, you name it. Over and over again, he keeps bombarding us with this evil, rotten character until we become desensitized and we crack. And guess what? I can't believe that came out of my mouth. I can't behave. I'm behaving like this. Well, maybe it's not that bad. Well, hey, those people are... He bombards us over and over again with this devilish behavior in the media until we crack it's all part of his deceitful character let's take a look at that passage revelation 12 9 who is called who the devil and satan who what 
He deceives the whole world. I'm telling you, folks, I am convinced that the Satan is using the mass media in one fell swoop to deceive the whole world to look like him. Okay, and here's the first step. The first thing he does, he not only gets us into the media, dependent on the media, but he gets us to believe this first lie. Remember, he's a liar and the father of lies. And the first lie is to think that, hey, just the media, just fun and entertainment. I know the difference. It has no effect on me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right, folks, listen to this. Advertisers spend, listen, advertisers spend not millions, billions, billions of dollars every single year on the media, on commercials. You know why? Because they've got so much money to burn. Hey, they just waste it all the time. No, that's not why. Okay, who said that? No, they spend billions of dollars on the media in advertising commercials. Why? Because they know, listen, they will not only get their billions back, they will make billions more on top of that. Why? Because the power of the media. The media affects, listen, our beliefs, our buying habits, our behavior. In fact, folks, this has been going on for a long time. Let me take you back as early as the 20s when advertising, media, and all that stuff take out. Even a former president, Calvin Coolidge, he noticed and admitted the power of the media on the minds of not just some people, a whole nation. Here's what he said, the 30th president of the United States. He said about the power of media, he says, quote, it is the most potent influence in adapting and changing the what? The habits and the modes of life, affecting what we eat, what we wear, and the work and the play of a what? A whole nation. And now it's gone global. So guess what you could affect? A whole world. Just with this one last day's high-tech tool called the media. And one guy, he listens. They, they laugh at us, right? Listen, he says, TV is, is not an art form or a cultural channel. It's an advertising medium. It seems a bit churlish and un-American of people who watch television to complain that their shows are lousy. They're not supposed to be any good. They're supposed to make money. It's about the money, right? And, and, oh, by the way, and speaking of which, we are bombarded on average to 1,000 commercials a day. Buy, buy, buy. Think, think, think. Behave, behave, behave. Do this, do this, do this. A day. Okay, and, uh, and, and one guy said this, the name Hollywood was carefully chosen as the name for the newly established motion picture industry in the 1920s. In ancient witchcraft, the most powerful wood for a witch or a wizard to make a magic wand from was with the, the holly tree. Thus, the most powerful magicians always use a Hollywood magic wand, and one of the things they would use the Hollywood wand for was to mesmerize people. I'm sure that's just a quinky dink. Well, you tell me we're not mesmerized with Hollywood today. Here's the stats. The average person, including Christians, spends four and a half hours a day just, just TV. That's not the computer. That's not the cell phone. That's not the tablet. Four and a half hours a day TV, which is enough time to read the Bible 22 times in one year. You don't think that somebody's got us mesmerized? Drawing us away from God? Okay, I wonder who that might be. But oh no, this is just all make-believe. Just a psychological aberration. Don't try to scare us. We're in a war. And he's using media to seduce us away from God. And not just to seduce us away from God. It's to get us to emulate his evil character. He bombards us again and again. And we get desensitized to it. And then it starts coming out of our mouth. It starts coming out of our behavior. Now, let me share with you just exactly. It'd be one thing if it was like, you know, that really corruptive TV show. I don't know if you had to, if you're forced to grow up with this, uh, Mr. Rogers. I mean, that was just, that was just horrible stuff. I mean, I, that, that had to be demonic. I mean, that guy putting on that sweater and teaching kids right and wrong, I mean, that, whew, oh, I'll tell you what, I don't know about that. And Mr. Green Jeans, 
It's like, dude, put him in the washroom, and it wouldn't be green. You know, that's just sick or whatever, you know. Captain Kangaroo and all that stuff. Howdy doody time, howdy doody. You know, all that stuff. No, hey, obviously I'm joking. Now, it used to be halfway clean. It used to have high ideals to teach kids about stuff. Even Sesame Street today is teaching kids about homosexuality and stuff. Can you believe that? The enemy has hijacked the media he's using. Here's what he gets us to ingest. It ain't leave it to beaver anymore. Here's what we're ingesting four and a half hours a day, just the television. Here's the stats. Okay, the average American adolescent watches 14,000 sexual references on TV per year. 75% of primetime shows include sexual content, up 67% in one year alone. Nearly one-third of family shows contain sexual references. Uh, and it's getting worse. They've got full-blown nudity shows now. Seven shows right now are being rolled out that feature complete nudity. Okay, and I'm talking full-blown nudity. Okay, MTV came out with a show called Virgin Territory. And the whole thing, it's like a game show. Participants are trying to lose their virginity what's called uh, their V-card, if you can believe that. Another show is called Happy Land, where the teen storyline promotes incest, and the person playing the girl, and I quote this from an interview, saw it again this week, quote, incest is hot, and we're going to have fun on TV, okay? People are ingesting this stuff, okay? And we now have commercials on TV promoting adultery. Here's just one of them. Let's take a look at this. All right, marriage, it's hard enough. Uh, we certainly d don't need TV commercials that are trying to get us to cheat on our spouse. But they're out there, in-your-face ads, and your kids can even see this. Great, isn't it? Take a look. Isn't it time for AshleyMadison.com? I'm ready for something new Something for myself Something that I've got to do I can't wait to decide There's nothing that I haven't tried Except Ashley Madison oh, Ashley Madison Life is short have an affair. Life is short. Have an affair. Uh, there's the motto. That's the tagline for AshleyMadison.com, an online dating service for married people advocating adultery. Wow. Speaking of leave it to beaver, how far have we fallen? They're actually seducing you with TV to commit adultery. Folks, it gets even worse. The average uh, uh, now violence. Uh, child teenager, 10,000 murders, rapes, and aggravated assaults per year on TV. 80-plus percent of TV programs contain acts of violence. A child born today will witness 200,000 acts of violence by the time they're 18. And the question more and more public officials say, well, what is all this viewing doing to them? Uh, gee, I wonder. Why is uh, violence amongst kids and teenagers going uh, uh, off the charts? Uh, why, why are people just committing so much sexual morality and all this? What, what's going on? I wonder, how could all this happen? But, but you guys know it's just, it's just the media. It's just fun. It's just entertainment. It has no effect on us. You guys know the difference, right? And I quote, I looked it up this week. Advertisers this year alone, they spent between five to five and a half million dollars for a 30-second commercial at the Super Bowl. Five and a half million dollars for 30 seconds for a Super Bowl commercial. Because again, they got a lot of money to waste. They just blow it out. No, because why? Because they know it affects our behavior. Even 30 seconds of media exposure 
they'll get their five and a half million back and a whole bunch more. Because you know what the, most people are now watching the Super Bowl for? It ain't the Super Bowl. It's those goofball commercials. And you know what we're talking about the next day, Monday? Hey, did you see that play? Not necessarily. Did you see that commercial with that freaky monkey-looking thing? And that was a freaky one. Remember that? I was like, are you kidding me? But hey, everybody's talking about it. Five and a half million dollars because they know it affects us. And boy, has it affected us. You tell me this ingestion of all this devilish behavior hasn't had effect on us, folks, from the media. It's just, it's massive. Here's some stats, folks, what's going on. Approximately one-third of the United States right now, 110 million people have sexually transmitted disease, STDs. One-third of the United States is covered with STDs. I wonder why. Isn't that what the media says? It's all natural. Everybody's doing it. You might as well, right? It gets even worse. Every single year, add 20 million more to that list. Every year, it's going nuts. America has the highest STD infection rate in the entire world. American has the highest teen pregnancy rate in the entire world. Gee, I wonder why. Okay, the media. Women under the age of 30, more than half of all babies are being born out of wedlock. The United States has more, uh, half of all couples move in together before they get married. I mean, why not? They do it on TV. Every show, that's what they're doing. They're going to bed, they're not even married. Who cares? Everybody's, you really think it doesn't affect people's behavior? 67% of Americans believe sex outside of marriage is perfectly fine. Wonder where they got that idea. 58% say, hey, having a baby outside of marriage, perfectly fine. No big deal with that. Used to be 58. I just checked it this week. It's now up to 72% of Americans believe gay and lesbian relations are fine. Well, I wonder why. Well, it certainly isn't being preached from the pulpit, number one. Number two, what are they watching? Four and a half hours a day. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But it doesn't affect you. Yes, it does. It affects your beliefs, your buying habits, and your behavior. Okay, the enemy knows exactly what he's doing. The marriage rate in the U.S. is an all-time low, 6.8 marriages per 1,000 people. And I can testify to that. I am doing way more funerals than marriages. Used to be the other way around when I first started ministry. Nobody's getting married nowadays. It's very rare. Okay, 69% of Americans believe there's nothing wrong with divorce. And because of that, America has one of the highest divorce rates in the whole world. We also have one of the highest percentage of one-person households on the entire planet. One out of every three kids in the U.S. lives in a home without a dad. One out of every three. Okay, and it's getting violent. I'm just going to read some headlines to you. A high school kid took two kitchen knives, went on a stabbing rampage through a school. A Florida teen was accused of poisoning a teacher's drink. A father put a six-week-year-old daughter in a freezer to keep her from crying. Three children were left to starve to death while one was chained to the floor. A woman was arrested after police say she injected hand sanitizer into the feeding tube of her infant son. A grandmother forced soiled underwear down her 11-year-old granddaughter's mouth, and it wasn't urine. A caregiver used a stun gun to punish kids. A couple locked their three-year-old child in a trunk to cure his fear of darkness. A mother stabbed her baby in an attempt to uh, murder suicide. A mother strangled her newborn son and tossed him in the trash. A dad killed his wife and kids because he didn't have car seats. A Texas man was convicted of murdering his neighbors over dog feces. A North Miami beach man was fatally shot. After a fight over utensils broke out at a baptism party, a Florida man bit his neighbor's ear off over a cigarette, and a man stabbed a woman for bringing home a pizza instead of a chicken sandwich. And you know that's wrong. <laughs> but can you believe that? But hey, guys, I mean, just don't worry about it. Because we all know it's just the media. It's just fun. It's entertainment. Just, it doesn't affect us whatsoever. right? I know the difference as a Christian. It's not going to desensitize. How bad does it have to get, folks, before we realize what's going on? How many guys would say that what we just read, those stats, that's some serious, rotten, evil behavior there being distributed by our country, okay? And gee, I wonder where it all came from. 
How could the whole world get so absolutely sexually immoral and violent in such a short amount of time? I got a theory that goes like this. It's Satan. And this is why he's called the deceiver. He is deceiving us into thinking that the media exists to give us entertainment and fun, when in reality it's his high-tech tool in the last days to get us to emulate his character, not God's. He knows the rule, folks. Junk in equals junk out. Monkey see, monkey do. The devil plays in the media. People, even Christians, will eventually begin to emulate it too. It's the media. That's just one tool. Now, the second way he's doing this, getting us, even as Christians, to emulate his character. Remember, that's what he's always wanted, Isaiah 14. That's why he hates us. He wanted us to worship him. He wants us to emulate him. He's still up to the same tactic today. The second way is he bombards us, not just with devilish behavior, but devilish practices. And now what we're talking about is the occult. Okay, It's bad enough that the enemy uses the media to get us to behave like him, but he uses the same media, listen, to get us to think that, hey, when you engage in his evil, dark practices, it's no big deal. Just instant fun, right? Well, folks, that's why he's all so called, not just the deceiver, he's a liar, right? And this is what we see Jesus said, John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the who? The devil, and who is he? He is a liar, and he is the father of lies. And this is one of his biggest lies of all. To get us to think, folks, that listen, that his dark occult practices are something harmless, right? When in reality, it's evil repackaged, and he's using the media to do that. Now, I only have time to deal with one of those major practices that he is lying and saying that it's perfectly fine when it's not. And that is the old-fashioned occult practice called witchcraft right now here's all he's done he's repackaged witchcraft witchcraft today is not called witchcraft witchcraft today is called wicca and then what he does he says wicca is good for the environment and since everybody's bought into that lie people are falling for it right and left it's all about just nature getting back to nature getting back to our roots and bringing peace to the planet no it's old-fashioned witchcraft that's all it is. It's witchcraft 101. He just repackaged it, and then he's spreading that lie in the media. And people are getting hooked up to it. Listen, witchcraft says that in order to contact the gods and goddesses, which are demons, by the way, for personal power, you need to practice astrology and divination, incantation, psychic power, and speaking with the dead. Now, add to that, not just this repackaging of Wicca, what are half the programs on TV nowadays? Even reality shows, it's all witchcraft. But don't say that. No, those are innocent shows like Psychic Hotline or Crossing Over. No, what's that latest one? The Long Island Medium. This is witchcraft. But don't, don't call it that. It's just some lady trying to help people reach to their No, it's called necromancy. Deuteronomy 18, Leviticus, don't do that. Those are demons, don't do it. But he makes it look good with the media. Series like Charm. Oh, here's one. I'll step on some toes. Harry Potter. The Twilight series. But hey, <laughs> guys, now you're turned into one of those crazy, wacky Christian fundamentalist churches. Because it's just the media. It's just a movie. It has no effect on us. These occult movies, right? In fact, it's helping my kid learn how to read. When in the world did C-Spot Run become not good enough? Remember that book? C-Spot Run. Run spot. <laughs> I don't need to read witchcraft to learn how to read. What are we, what are we, is it become that twisted? Oh, no, no. 
Kids are smarter than that. They know that this stuff doesn't influence them. Yes, it does. In fact, kids tend to be more honest than we adults. You tell me ingesting witchcraft so-called entertainment doesn't affect kids' behavior and beliefs. Let's take a look. J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series, admitted that she got many, many requests for children that wanted to attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And we know from books that are out there and interviews with children that they really wonder at night while they're laying awake if there is a Hogwarts that they can go to. If you go to the Warner Brothers site, they ask you to enlist into Hogwarts. Well, there are sites out there that are pulling in your children who are interested in learning more in various different schools of witchcraft and wizardry. Yeah, very clever, all right. Satan's using the media in the last days to indoctrinate kids into the dark arts of witchcraft. And then he gets us as adults to say, that kid's no better. It doesn't affect them. Because we all know, hey, it's just a normal thing for kids to say, I want to drink blood and cast spells and get back at those people using witchcraft. That's just natural. Every kid always thinks that. Wow. Very clever. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Oh, in fact, did you know? We now have a whole generation of kids that were brought up on this stuff. Now they're adults, right? Now they're outside mom and dad. And you know what they've now grown up into? Witches. Specifically from watching Harry Potter. There's, it's easy to demonstrate. I'm going to give you one example. In fact, there's so many witches that have been created out of the Harry Potter series alone, okay, that the, uh, they're going into the military is one of their vocations, and the military is now having to accommodate them with their own witchcraft services. Here's just one example. Let's take a look at this. Halloween may mean costumes and candy for you and for us, but for those out there who are witches, this is their most sacred holiday. In San Antonio, there's a Wiccan coven touting the largest weekly service for the study of witchcraft in the world. Where they meet and who's in the class may surprise you. Marvin Hurst has her story. Mention the word witch and instantly most conjure up thoughts of black magic rituals in the belly of seclusion. Just keep the line progressing. 
Now come inside the Arnold Hall Community Center at Joint Base San Antonio Lackland. It's a different picture. I am Archer and I'm a witch. Archer, a.k.a. Tony Gatland, is the high priest of this coven. A packed house of basic military trainees are studying witchcraft in his circle. When we come over here on a Sunday, oftentimes there's there's three or four hundred. Around 320 this day, taking part in Samhain, the witches' New Year celebration on Halloween. They honor the dead and the rebirth of their god. Trainees literally lined up by choice to learn about Wicca. Fantasy reading and Harry Potter peaked training Atreyu Kamen's interest in Wicca five years ago. There is nothing wrong with Wicca. And of course, that's why we have this service here. Wow, how could that guy grow up as an adult and think that there's nothing wrong with Wicca? And, they, and that was just one example. There's like over 300 people that are going to witchcraft services in, in the military. I mean, must be just some weird aberration. I mean, it has nothing to do with the media and ingesting this all over and over again because we all know it's just entertainment and fun. It has an effect. The enemy is a liar. He's a deceiver. He knows exact. How in the world can he deceive the whole world and lead them astray? Media. One fell swoop. He's hijacked this global tool. He's using it. He gets us desensitized. Oh, it's going to help him read. Are you kidding me? And now it's going full blown. Oh, in fact, so does another one. Twilight. That was a big one. Still a big one. I can't believe it. It blows me away. You know, because we all know that just being a vampire, that's a normal thing. But <laughs> once again, come on, it's just fun. It's just entertainment. I mean, nobody's going to come out wanting to be a vampire. And get into the occult. Well, you might want to tell this lady. She actually gave up her legal practice to become a vampire. Watch this. Watching her children at a playground in Guadalajara, Maria Jose Cristerna is just an ordinary mum. But her distinctive look means she's likely to attract a little more attention than her peers. She's made several dramatic modifications to her body to transform herself into vampire woman. Maria is 98% covered in tattoos. She's also had dental implants to give her fangs and titanium horns placed in her skull. Maria has given up her job as a lawyer to open a tattoo parlor and clothes shop. She insists her life is no different from any other wife and mother's. Oh yeah. Just like all the ladies here. That's a joke, by the way. Don't flog me at the ice cream social. Okay. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. Some of these those wacky conspiracy theorists, you know, crazy Christian fundamentalists, kind of a church. I mean, the media, the promotion, all of its witchcraft, vampirism. Come on, it's just entertainment. It doesn't affect people. Are we still going to have our head in the sand on this? How much more proof do we got to? Come on. Do we really think that we're not in a war? Do we really think that Satan's not just not real, but he's got an evil character and he'll use whatever tool he can to get us to emulate him? This is exactly what is going on today. Now, again, if you don't want to listen to me, listen to even the witches. The witches, when the Harry Potter series came out and even this Twilight series and all the other ones, they are laughing all the way to the bank. They admit online, I don't have time to get into that, that this has been the best boon to their industry ever. They've got so many people lined up wanting to get into Wicca, witchcraft, vampirism. They just can't believe it. And they admit it's even coming into the church because the church is no longer afraid. We've been desensitized to this influx of the occult. Let's take a look. The fear 
has gone out of the general public, the craft is more and more acceptable. Paganism has infiltrated the mainstream thought pattern of most Americans today. There is a pagan revival. There are more people practicing true paganism than there are practicing true Christianity. Many people were seeking something apart from Christianity. The thing that attracts young people is the power, and it's immediate power. Different. No, you are. See it. Vampire. Whenever you drink blood, you gain incredible power. We choose only to let the general public see what we want them to see. Magic is about getting what you want. Magicians are people who get what they want. Slowly but surely, the beauty of the craft is becoming widespread. I'm not scared of you. You really shouldn't have said that. Black is not evil in any way. Psychic vampirism and physical vampirism were very viable ways of achieving power in black magic. But why hide it in this day and age? I've hidden in the shadows for centuries. It's time to share myself with the world. I'm very proud to be a witch. We live in a kind of post-Christian era. People are moving towards a kind of neo-paganism. The neo-pagan revival has uh, proceeded so rapidly. They have had the uh, cooperation of the media in, in getting their message spread. A lot of what we do has been taken over by the church. Christians really have married into occult practices. They no longer know the difference because they've become desensitized to the things of evil. Are you afraid? No. Well, you should be. Because this is really going on. And this is the real ruse of what Satan is doing. He's using the power of mass media to promote not just devilish behavior, but his devilish occult practices, witchcraft, vampires, and the cult, to destroy you, and to destroy your family, to destroy your church. When are we going to get our head out of the sand? Oh, by the way, Wicca is now considered by some to be, quote, the fastest growing religion in the United States and the second most popular among teens. I wonder why. Because the media has no effect on us. Are you kidding me? That's the lie that the father of lies wants even us Christians to believe. Oh, it does. It'll lead you straight into the occult to get you to emulate him. Monkey see, monkey do. Junk in, junk out. Promote occult practices in the media. Even Christians will do it. He is evil. That's his evil character. Getting us to emulate him, not the character of God. Real quick, the third way he does it with the medium, he bombards us with devilish acceptance. Now, this is this new stage that I've noticed over the years. This is what he's up to. You've got to understand his ultimate goal. He wants to be God. He wants to be worshipped as God. Well, he lost. He wants us to uh, emulate his character. Well, he lost, but he's still up to that today. And what I mean, folks, he not only wants us to behave like him, he not only wants us to engage in his evil practices. Listen, he wants us to call him the devil himself, a good guy, when he's not. And again, this is why the Bible says this passage here, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 14, and no wonder for Satan himself, what? He masquerades as a what? 
An angel of life. It's the Greek word metamorphosis. He metamorphosizes himself. He transforms himself into something good. An angel of light when he is evil itself. That's what he does. And folks, I'm telling you, that's exactly what he's doing with the media today. It's now, it isn't just getting us to act like him. It's not just getting us to accept his dark practices. It's getting us, I kid you not, people to reverse Every last vestige of Judeo-Christian bare-bones biblical truth. God good, the devil not anymore. Haven't you guys been watching the new shows lately? The devil, he's just gotten a bad rap. Lucifer, it means light bearer. He's just here to help us. Don't don't listen to those nasty fundamentalist Christians. The devil's actually a good guy. He's transformed himself in the media. In fact, here's one of the new shows called Lucifer. You've got it all wrong. He's here on the planet to help us solve crimes. Yeah, that's a crime to believe that. All right, let's take a look at this. People like to tell me things. There's deep, dark, naughty little desires that are on their mind. And you're not marrying this human stain because you're actually in love with him, right? Oh, God, no. No. Oh, my. I can't believe I just said that. Must be something about his face. Hey, boss. Remember me? Can I have your autograph? Did I sell my soul to the devil? So the devil made you do it, did he? The alcohol and the drugs, the topless selfies. The choices are on you, my dear. Someone out there needs to be punished. Stop caring. You're the devil. I think you have a visitor. Menazil! Your return to the underworld has been requested. Let me just uh, check my calendar. Here it is. The 7th of never through to the 15th of ain't gonna happen. How does that work for you guys? (laughs) Try it. You think father's upset now? He will not be merciful for much longer. We should be out there punishing those responsible. Come on, I'll help you. How could you possibly help me? I have the ability to draw out people's forbidden desires. What's your name? Lucifer. show for kids to watch can you believe that he's, he's, he's just a good guy he's getting a bad rap from those nasty fundamentalist christians and he's here to help us and oh he's not just going after the adults he's going after the kids remember we saw the satanic groups that are putting the baphomet satan statues up in the government buildings and what's on the either side of those statues? Kids on either side looking up to him like Satan, Lucifer, is a model. They're doing that with the media at the same time. Here's just one show trying to get kids to think the devil, he's a good guy to look up to. He's our new savior. This one's from a show called Childhood's End. Watch this scene.
Camillan was right to hide himself from us. Still, I think, uh, I think it may be too soon. This world will be okay, will it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. afraid kids no more hiding the shadows either not looking like a suave guy in a black suit i'll just come out and show you who i really am but now i've got you so twisted in your thinking with the media i'm a good guy what's the scripture say and no wonder satan what's he do he'll even transform himself into a good guy an angel of light and get you to actually think he's good when he's not and it's going on today in the media. But hey, one last time, because repetition increases remembrance. That's right, Ron. Repetition increases remembrance. What'd you say, Bobby? Repetition increases remembrance. Hey, we all know this is just a show. It's entertainment. It's fun. It doesn't have any effect on me. All right. All right. So it affected, you know, people's behavior. They're acting very immoral and very violent and devil. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So people are becoming witches and vampires and stuff. Like that. Okay. I'll get that. But they're not going to start literally emulating the devil, are they? You know where I'm going. Because this is how I teach. It's called sarcasm. You might want to tell that to this guy. The devil's so good, apparently you want to look like him now. Watch this. Well, this next guy, he wants to look like the devil. The man's name is Diablo Delinfer, and to complete this dramatic look, he has had his teeth grinded to points. He's got his eyeballs tattooed so they're no longer white. It's red. He's also had his tongue split in half. He's inserted metal balls into his forehead. He's also going through with an operation to have metallic balls form a mohawk on the top of his head. Tattoos covering him head to toe. I guess all he needs now is a pitchfork. An interesting piece of information, Diablo Delinfer, that isn't even his real name. He adopted that when he embraced all this change. He was born Gavin Paslow. But it's got me thinking there were so many other names he could have adopted. He could have just went all out and called himself Saint Lucifer. Beelzebub, if you open the Bible, that one's in there. Or the Tempting Serpent. He continues to push forward, coming up with whatever he can to get that look fully completed and the final step for him he says he wants a tail and not just like some prosthetic piece you get at the Halloween shop he wants an organic one something that probably waves behind him what's he gonna do after that he's gonna get hooves probably unfortunately isn't this wild <laughs> this media stuff it's just it's harmless right when the lying, deceitful, masquerading one knows all too well. He's using the power of the man. How can he do it? It says right there he deceives the whole world. How could he deceive the whole world all at the same time? He's got one tool. And these last days, a high-tech tool that we ingest every day, hours at a time, that he is using to get us to now accept him even as a good guy instead of our greatest arch enemy folks it is high time that we get our head out of the sand and deal with reality we are in a war this is not a game 
I'll say it again. If you are here today and you are not saved, you better get saved and you better get saved right now. And you better deal with this reality that the devil is not just real. He's really using the power of the mass media to get you to emulate his character, not God's, so that you will join him in the lake of fire. That's exactly what he's up to. He is Poneros. He is evil. He knows he's lost. But he's seeing how many people he could trick and join him in the lake of fire. But Christian, when are we are going to stop being ignorant of the devil's schemes ourselves and stop allowing ourselves to be brainwashed and affected by the media ourselves? We need to shut this stuff off and start emulating God's character and lead the way back. Amen? This is not a game. There's a war going on. It ain't just abroad. It's right here in our own country. It's a cosmic battle for the souls of men and women all around us. The stakes are high. There's millions of lives at risk. And if we're going to win this war, then we, the American church, need to shine again for Jesus Christ and take this war seriously. This is no time to deny the character of Satan. We need to wake up. The alarm has sounded. We're under attack. It's the satanic war on the Christian. Don't let the enemy get you. Amen? Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there, uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The fifth commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin, then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more, the Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? 
Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You'll be forced to admit what he already knows. Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven in that state. You're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there, and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins, against Him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail, you are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extended to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.